Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of the Cooking Chronicles podcast. On today's episode, I was joined by Blaze Radio Music Director and KJZZ journalist Vaughn Jones. Vaughn joined me on the pod to talk about the season finale of The Bachelor and how things just didn't really turn out the way we thought they would. And uh, we also, toward the end of, at the end of the episode, talked a little bit about the upcoming NBA uh, second half of the season as well. Uh, it was a really fun and insightful conversation, so I hope you all, you guys all enjoy listening to this episode. So, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Vaughn. Guess who's back? It's Vaughn Jones. How are you doing, Vaughn? I, I feel good. I'm so excited. This is, of the of the many topics that I feel qualified to speak on for more than five seconds, uh, basketball <laughs> and The Bachelor are two of my favorites, so I'm very excited. We don't have a ton of NBA stuff for this podcast, but this is going to be a Bachelor podcast. We talked about The Bachelor halfway through this season with Ashley, um, like maybe like three or four weeks ago. Um, and that was a lot more of a hopeful conversation. The show was rolling a little bit better. I had some problems with the bullying in episode three, but outside of that, I was, I was, I was relatively entertained and things were going fairly smoothly. Um, since then, things have not gone smoothly, uh, and, and Vaughn is here to talk about the things that have not gone smoothly with this show. We're going to try to be at least relatively careful about how we talk about this because it's very complex. It's a lot of different issues on hand, um, but we're going to take a shot at it and see what happens. If anything goes haywire, you're not going to hear about it, so <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I don't anticipate anything going haywire. It's just very... <laughs> It's it is an awkward thing, and we talked about this a little bit, just like whether or not a show that just does not take itself seriously with the stuff that it does, like should it be serious? I mean, you have a responsibility to represent and represent well, but it's just very it's it's awkward. It was very Mm -hmm. awkward. Yeah, I kind of wanted to bring up this idea of the fact that this is just inherently a reality show and reality shows inherently aren't serious, even if they're taking themselves seriously or even if other people take them seriously. But in, in reality, it's just the opposite of what its title is, a reality show. It, it's nothing to do with reality. I call the contestants on the show characters because they're not their actual selves, right? We don't Absolutely totally know not. who they are. You think so Victoria it's hard is to like... like that? I don't think Victoria is like that. There's no way she's lived this long being like that. <laughs> For example, yeah, that's a good example. Like Victoria in the first half of the season, um, that was very entertaining. Um, that was kind of when the show was at more or less, at least closer to its peak form. Um, but you know, when she left and it, it, then it got really complex and there was the whole Rachel situation and in totality with the final episode and that includes after the final rose the hour um the hour episode after that um what what are your I guess reactions what are your thoughts um i don't know how else to start this my, my first my first thing is i understand that there's like a no contact thing with the bachelor like you can't check your phone you're not going to be on the internet no one's going to be texting you someone had to tell matt before that whole before he got to the end of it and picked the one person that everyone was hoping that he didn't pick right like someone should have told it like i feel like producers have a responsibility to do that kind of thing because we could have avoided a very awkward conversation a very heavy-handed conversation in after the final rose if three weeks ago you know in terms of bachelor time so like however long ago it was being filmed whenever this stuff came Mm -hmm. up someone told matt about it and matt acted appropriately instead of him thinking he has a future with rachel coming off the show finding out that she has done some racially insensitive things and then having to act accordingly after everything has wrapped up yeah who's to say which one is better but i personally feel like if you're trying not to play with the emotions of a young man then like maybe maybe the first situation could have been better if you had talked to him about this at first um and it might have you know avoided some chris harrison awkwardness as well um there's just so much that like it's like cringy watching it like knowing what you know and knowing that matt doesn't know it it's like yeah. watching it's like watching a movie like you mentioned like this is characters it's like watching a movie where someone is just painfully unaware of something that you know in the plot that's very important yeah and that's not the show's intent you know it's one thing if it was an, it was like the show or the movie's intent right and the characters supposed to go through this really awkward situation right think a movie like like 
eighth grade like that like that movie's supposed to be awkward you know absolutely but this, this is but not. this this is not you know they're supposed to i mean they're <laughs> supposed to quote unquote find he's supposed to quote unquote find love right and uh this should have been a, there are two very obvious um moments in time during this whole process where this should have been nipped in the butt one is the casting absolutely right? unquestioned do you not look at instagram pages and stuff during casting thank you exactly like how does that get through um that's that, that's just a lack of research that's a lack of um effort in the casting frankly and and, and it kind of shows maybe you could argue the racial bias and at the very least the the general bias of just of picking these contestants out right um uh, but we don't have to go too far into that. But like, that's, that's certainly, an, that's obviously an aspect of it, given what happened. And then the second thing is, this is kind of Matt's fault in that when you're in the final four, shouldn't you be asking like important questions and race being one of them, right? I mean, I don't want to like, I, I mean, think about it. Like, isn't that some, isn't that like a really important conversation you want to have with the person you might be marrying at some point, yeah. right? The, the only thing is I don't want to put it on Matt because like that awkward conversation of like, hey, do you have any like past incidences of racism? Is I don't not know a about conversation past incidences of racism, but I guess that's not what I'm specifically going for, but just in a more general sense, like what are your thoughts on race? What are your politics, you know? um that, do you want to save yourself important. or manage marriage like these are like important life questions like how do you not ask that kind of stuff especially when you're potentially getting yourself into a, a biracial um relationship like that right and it just seems it's interesting it just seems like i don't know because coming from like you or me or like someone in my age group we very much like are active and we care about politics and so politics is kind of a deal breaker for me where it's like if I don't share the same politics with someone that I don't see a future with them and I just like I worry that Matt probably didn't have that conversation yeah I agree where it's like it's a conversation you should be having so so as to avoid situations where you're in like a heated political disagreement but also it's a conversation you should be having to find out that like oh you go to antebellum parties <laughs> like that's something that you should be finding out yeah, it's like, you know, what are your politics? What are your thoughts on race in the country? What are your even even like more pers person to person stuff? Like, do you want to save yourself for marriage? Like, like, these are important questions that you need to be figuring out throughout this whole process. If you want to marry someone, like, of course, he was, wasn't ready to marry if he wasn't asking these sort of um, really important questions, right? And it's just, it's, it's a little bewildering, to be honest, the fact that like, he got that far into the process and was about to be engaged with this person without asking like, you know, these normal questions, you know, 100% though, this should have been stopped at casting. Like, especially yes. if this is like an Absolutely. easy thing, easy thing to find, like this should be stopped at casting. Like I, I, I it's, unquestionable to me because if this was stopped at casting then chris harrison wouldn't have been in as deep water as he was for the statements that he made which of course the onus of that is on him as well um and now a, a woman's reputation is ruined as well because she thrust herself into the public eye and there's just so much that could have been avoided if people in casting took extra steps to be more cautious about who they put on their television show where 30 women flirt with one man for an extended period <laughs> i That's i watched exactly the, the show is. it's the first the first like five weeks of the bachelor great comedy like legitimate hilarity it's very funny and i don't expect my comedy to turn into a drama by the end because of course there's going to be manufactured drama and things like that um but i also feel like it didn't need as much drama as it did i feel like especially with michelle who's now going to be one of the bachelorettes i feel like Matt had a very, very good choice in front of him. Michelle seems awesome. She seems really great. She was painted to mm. look really great. Um, and I feel like it might have been some producer tampering there to say you don't say you don't see a future with her so that she can be the bachelorette. There's all that's always in the back of my mind when I'm watching reality TV. That like, where do the producers step in and ruin something that could potentially be good in order to maximize profit, in order to maximize viewership numbers, stuff like that. This is a really tough producer season. Um, sometimes they're brilliant. Sometimes they're genius in the way they cut things and the way they add drama here or a lot of the, but like, I wouldn't say all the drama felt manufactured this season. I just felt like the sort of the swings, um, like in the middle of the season when MJ all went from like 
side C character to um, number one villain in the course of an episode. You remember this? It was like episode yes, five. And it was like a, it was like a really awkward transition. And it, I just wasn't quite used to seeing that from the show. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, not only did they have like these really awkward transitions like that, the show became really dull by the second half. It was just like, just not and a lot the, of intrigue. The, the casting was just kind of odd because like you brought in Kit, uh, Kit or Cat, I think it was, it was 21 who's our age yes yeah our age (laughs) like imagine like going on a show to find love at our age and it felt very like in that way especially like there were definitely people there and i hate to do the show thing for the wrong reasons where it's like you're if you're 21 and if you're going if you're 21 and you're going on the bachelor like especially because her mom is a celebrity fashion designer you're trying to build your profile you're absolutely trying to build your profile rather than like actually trying to find love. And the fact that she got that far was really interesting to me. And she had to remove herself from it because she probably didn't expect to go that far <laughs> where it's yeah. like, uh, maybe, just, maybe you ever know, you never know uh, about these things. A lot of weird stuff, but I just, I feel bad for Matt first and for like, like completely 100%. Like I just, I can't imagine like yeah. trying trying to find love with someone and then like really finding like if this was real and one like his choice like finding love with someone and then leaving a bubble and finding out that she has done things that are completely wrong especially to be the first black bachelor like mm. the whole drama surrounding you you were unaware of and then it just blows my mind and I feel so terrible for him that he's probably had to go through a, a whole lot a whole lot because of something that wasn't brought to his attention. I don't want to pin the blame on Matt. I want to pin the blame on, on bachelor producers, Chris Harrison, Rachel herself. Yeah. <laughs> like th- I, I, this- must, I agree. No, I, I don't want to like blame Matt. I just think it's very weird that he didn't have these conversations. Yeah. Have conversations, camera, you know, yeah. have conversations about politics, but in the first place, he shouldn't have been set up where that conversation totally would unearth agree. something would unearth something that bad. That's that's my thoughts on that whole entire thing. Um, I also, on a lighter note, I'm so excited that Katie is going to be the next Bachelor. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I thought about skipping this next Bachelorette season because I was just like, oh, like I don't really know what's going to happen, and this is a really tough season of the Bachelor, and I was just I was almost out on the show, and then when they were like. Oh, Katie's the Bachelorette next season. I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm back in. Give me back. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. I personally, because she was, she was dealt such a hard hand where like, I feel like I know and like everyone knows a Katie in real life who is just like a, a like a very fun and interesting person. But just for some reason, a lot of the people in her life see her as like a friendly entity and nothing more. And like, I feel like she has the perfect personality to be a bachelorette that I actually like. Um, and this is actually my first season of, of Bachelor. And I've talked to people who are more experienced with it. And it seems like the consensus is through the season, you like the person who is the bachelor or the bachelorette less and less. When you're introduced to them, you're like, this person is cool. And then as they deal and navigate with character situations, yeah, you, it, it is. It's a character arc where you figure out like how they deal with situations where it's like the first thing with Matt where it's like how he dealt with the bullying and then like how he dealt with like letting people down gently and how he avoided confrontation at some points um, and like kind of strung people along a little bit where it's like if you're put in that situation you get liked less and less because you have to handle breaking up with 29 people. <laughs> it's a it's it's kind of a, in some ways it's a lose-lose situation. I think Tasha last season was probably the best at all of this like she did a spectacular job. Um, I think one of the problems with this season with Matt, other than all, obviously all the, the racial insensitivity and, and it was in the producers and all that stuff is that he ended up, he was just, wasn't the most intriguing bachelor at the end of the day. Like a lot of his, a lot of those episodes, especially in the second half ended up just kind of being duds, you know? Yeah. Especially there were the moments. Homecomings were, the homecoming was a dud this season goodness it's it's also because they they couldn't travel and i I feel like part of the the hometowns that you enjoy yeah that's a good point the scenery and and like bringing it to that's nice but like i don't know the 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 hometowns especially though showed me how much better michelle is than the rest of them shout out michelle 
I'm so excited for your bachelorette season. Uh, the the jerseys were really cute, by the way. The the Mr. James and Mrs. James jerseys. Yeah, and those you, you kind of yeah, you kind of knew what was gonna happen then, and it was just oh oh man. Yeah, um, very very embarrassing. Uh, just I I I, I don't know. I, I because I said this is my first bachelor. I've seen like bachelorette finales before. Like I've been invited to watch parties for seasons that I've never seen, and like I so saw I've <laughs> seen like finales and stuff before. But it's like this one just felt really like he was leaving Michelle out to dry. Just the brutal of like I don't see a future with you. Like that's tough. That's yeah. really hard. That's I didn't think he'd be that blunt to be honest with you. I, I, Especially I since for the whole season, the whole season, it feels like he's not being blunt. It feels like he's avoiding confrontation a lot of the time and like trying to let people down gently. But like he just straight up made her cry and then cried a little bit himself and then just walked away. He was like, "Yeah, I don't see us being together." And then he just left. Yeah, pretty much. There's a lot. I don't know. Um, there were moments in the season that I really enjoyed, though. Um, there were just like a lot of a lot of silly things. Like I said, I watched it as a comedy for the first five weeks, and like watching it as a comedy, I had a great time. I had a great time. <laughs> I hope you keep That's on. The- I hope you stick with the show. Like what happened at the end here is not normal. Um, I will. I will stick with it. No, this it, was it's... my third season of The Bachelor, and the first season it it was amazing for like eight episodes. It was just really, really strong stuff. Just over from a real overall sense, they got to travel more, and this was before COVID, and and then um, Peter, Pete's mother kind of got in the way, and that soured the end of that season. And then the last season ended up being very happy uh, with Tasha, even though um, I mean originally it was um it, 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 we had two different bachelorettes last yeah, season that was that was a weird a whole one. We've different been, thing there's there's some weird bachelor and bachelorette arcs going on so i hope katie can return it to its roots and like be like something like something good and without controversy because like it just feels very odd i don't know to have the show painted as like a dramatic and controversial show when in, inherently it is like supposed to be funny it's not taking itself seriously but i remember seeing promos for the bachelorette last year where it's like chris harrison talking to the original bachelorette and just being like you just ruined the whole show you just ruined the bachelorette and like that should not be your number one billing that you're like the bachelorette that you chose ruined the whole thing (laughs) it's just very odd and i hope that katie does it does it better because matt just while he was i felt a good bachelor for most of it just had it unfortunately tarnished by something completely out of his control and like you yeah. have to look back on it as Matt as like the first black bachelor of like the first black bachelor season was tainted by racism. Mm. And like that's I've... sad. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's a that's a really good point that the fact that the first bl- black bachelor and all of a sudden his story is totally tarnished because of flat out racism, right? It's de- derailed. His story to find love is derailed because of racist acts. And like yeah. I don't know, it's it's poetic in a way it reflects our society in a way and disney was trying to do that by picking a black bachelor and then inadvertently did reflect society in the way that this season played out um Mm. i don't know i I think it's gonna be interesting to see because matt just wasn't like trained with this whole thing either he came out of nowhere and was not and was not like a former bachelorette contestant or anything so it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how they return to the route like bringing katie who was on a season of the bachelor who has the quote-unquote media training to be <laughs> to be on a season of the bachelor and how she comes out as the bachelorette and whether that leads to a more organized season and a less chaotic one but who knows yeah i definitely feel for matt he didn't deserve this obviously um was he perfect should he had some of these tough conversations absolutely but at the same time, there's no way she should have been on the show. There's just no way. And I, that's the part I don't, I just don't under, I don't really understand how that happened. Um, and it just kind of sees the inherent bias with some of this stuff. And, um, and like, they, it, when you see Rachel in the show, they frame her in a way that you're supposed to like her, right? Because it seemed like they, the, the producers genuinely, genuinely didn't know all the stuff that happened to her about all this bad stuff in the background of her story, right? Um, it seemed to me at least that they viewed her as someone who, who was just an excellent match for Matt. Right. And 
And, and it's really wild because if you didn't know anything about this controversy and you just watched the show on his face, you would have been like, oh, oh Rachel's cool, right? Yeah, if you didn't know anything. Yeah. Which is, of course, again, on the producers, like why, especially after you found out, paint this person as someone you're it's supposed too late, to like though, but it's, it's yeah, too late, like, it's too late. yeah yeah they've edited it all together and put the whole thing together and like they i mean it was by that point it was, it was just way too we, late we found out about this by like week three or something like that I like, we, it, was, yeah, yeah, it, was like it's, it was very early on and it just was like i feel like the producers were like the train is already in motion and there's just nothing we can do about it at this point yeah. where it's already been filmed and edited and they tried to do some damage control on the back end and it ended up being kind of like controlled and awkward we can you know we haven't talked about the after the rose stuff too too much um yeah what's your kind of reaction to that with emmanuel acho like how did he do and all i I think acho did a good job i think uh, having acho on there makes me laugh because there is just like a a, a forever link with like a lot of the sports loving guys that I know also love bachelor and bachelorette. It's just something like there. And it, it comes full circle of like having someone on ESPN hosting the, the, after the final rose for the bachelor. And it's like, it just, that, that was my first thought when I saw that he was hosting it, I was like, good that they're replacing Chris Harrison for this, because this is the first thing they could replace Chris Harrison for after what happened with him and his media circuit um and so like, I, I think Acho did a good job of facilitating conversation I thought it was just incredibly awkward what it seemed like Rachel was like very much trying to physically support Matt and like reach out and touch him and it felt very much yeah. like he did not want to be touched he was apparently like, by her specifically was like yeah, yeah leave I me know. alone <laughs> I apparently this was this this the whole thing was shot in three like three hours and we only saw like an hour of it so yeah Hmm. that's what they decided to show us think about that for a second there must be a lot more awkward like very hard conversations to have because there were moments that i thought like actually did justice of like him asking matt like how do you feel about this and matt being very open about like how he actually felt about stuff like this i think that that's um that that did it justice of like having matt give the opportunity to tell his story of like having the person that he loved and probably still does love somewhere in his heart like find out that she is like like she has done racist things in her past and it's very interesting um to like let him speak um I hate, I hate, I hate the conversation that he had with Michelle. It feels, I felt so bad for her the whole time. I was like, it should be you. It should be you. And I was so mad, but then they, they kind of redeemed it by like giving her her own chance to find love independent of what seemed like a very marred and awkward season. Yeah. So I guess like, you know, I guess she just doesn't want to like teach her kids. This is just, it's just out on teaching. (laughs) That's my true. Question. That's true. Because she'll be she'll Are they be shooting over again. the summer, maybe? Are they shooting over the summer? I think so because Katie's season is happening yeah. on in the summer. So they're probably shooting it in the summer to happen in the fall because yeah. it's they're doing two in a row with Katie and Michelle. So they're probably they're shooting probably... it in the summer when she doesn't have to be a teacher, which is the nice. Katie, yeah, the Katie season's probably shooting now, if not soon. It's right? I, I think it's probably I think it's probably like almost done and being edited. If it's probably gonna air during the summer, it might be in June. So it might they be have, like they usually announce this stuff like either right after or soon after, like when the next season's gonna start. This but since with coronavirus it's kind of thrown off, like usually this next this what's gonna happen in the summer would be bad Bachelor in Paradise, but I guess they're just gonna say we're not doing a bachelor in paradise this year. Yeah. Um, I, Cause I feel like that's probably the one that would get the most like dangerous because of COVID and everything. Yeah, um, so I guess they're just not doing that. I personally, I'm excited to meet Katie's parents. I think Katie's parents are going to be like super cool to talk to. I think that's <laughs> going to be interesting. Um, I, I, there's, there's so much that I'm looking forward to for this, especially like after the very sad ending and like the difficult stuff that happened, I'm just very, I'm looking forward to like having, like oh isn't it isn't it two uh, bachelorettes are hosting the the show as well like chris harrison's not hosting the next season of the know. bachelorette i actually don't know i don't, I don't know they have i haven't read up on like anything with the next bachelorette season i mean they didn't even announce who it was until uh monday so um honestly i don't know it's don't gonna know. be um 
let me let me see I'm, I'm i'm looking into it uh because i feel like that's something that like if chris harrison stepped away to not do the final rose and they're still they're, they're starting to film or like in the middle of filming it feels like they probably um i don't know i i i, I don't know if he should be hosting the next season um i, think, just, I don't think he is i would i would i would be surprised but i would, I would be also surprised. be surprised if he doesn't come back i think he'll come back but it's gonna be like a season or two i think I'm not, I'm just reading up on this on like the ABC website. Um, did you know that Michelle is a former like D1? She played at Minnesota, like D1. All these athletes. I they love Bachelor loves athletes. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Jordan Rogers, um, Maddie Pruitt, like those are I mean, you kind of go down the line. Dale yeah, Matt, was Matt James, man. Matt player, James Matt James. Wake Forest football player. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it's uh It'll be interesting to see how, what they do moving forward. Um, I thought they did a good job with picking the next two bachelorettes. Uh, I think Katie, like a show revolved around Katie is just fascinating to me. And I'm really interested and I'm really interested to see how that season goes. And they, uh, they announced season, it, should be interesting this too. is, this is via NPR. Um, former bachelorettes, Tasha and Caitlin are going to be hosting uh, oh. the next season of the bachelorette. Oh my goodness. you're gonna get to meet Tasha. Tasha's the best I I haven't yeah I haven't seen so I'm very excited to to see what Tasha can do I'll probably go back and rewatch while I'm waiting for like I feel like that's something I I owe to myself to watch like some recent seasons of The Bachelor to really get the whole canon um I feel like there's like a whole the the Bachelor the the BEU the Bachelor Extended Universe I feel like there's there's got to be a whole thing going on yeah, I would like to hear your thoughts on Claire, and um, I wasn't, a, I was not a fan of Claire. And then I, I would, your thoughts on Claire, your thoughts on Dale um, from last season, and uh, you know that you know what happens that there's a switch halfway through the season. Well, yeah, I did know that. Season. It was hard um, to avoid that news when that happened. Yeah, it was impossible. Even as someone who doesn't, who wasn't watching The Bachelorette at that point, I saw so many people were talking about it around me and like tweeting about it and all this stuff. Yeah, and then Tasha came in halfway through the season, and it became a whole thing. And it was, yeah, it would. I mean, they were all stuck at the La Quinta, and I mean, <laughs> I, I, I will say, like last season, they they got they got kind of screwed over last season with the whole La Quinta situation. Because... Are they are they the the girl who was just so certain that she was going to be with this guy forever that she left the Bachelorette and like got replaced by Tasha? Is she still yeah. with that guy? No, no, Dale Dale was in for the money. Wrong reasons, wrong reasons. No, he's he is a classic wrong reasons guy, and you always knew there was something. There might be something up his sleeve. Um, I didn't think he would say yes after uh, Claire proposed, like wanted to get married a- after episode three, which is a thing that happens <laughs> last season. That thing, that thing that happened last season, and uh, he said yes, and it was like, oh my god. And now, we, now what's going to happen? And we, yeah, they had all these contestants who had no idea what was happening, just in the Lakita. <laughs> that's such an awkward thing i don't know yeah then tasha just showed up because that, that was that you have to keep like one-upping yourself with stuff like this which is the worst part i think of reality tv is that like this is now like the how many seasons of the bachelor and bachelorette where like they have to keep getting more outlandish every time to keep people watching and keep people interested yeah. at least they think that they do because like i would watch this for like 50 years if it was like this level of drama and like I could laugh at people acting like they're getting bullied and like all this stuff, like I, I could enjoy I, that. I, I, but it got to like, it, I don't know, this season was just too serious, not even with the race stuff, but like with Sarah, with the, with the Sarah situation in episode three, like she was legitimately getting bullied. I thought that wasn't fair. I know there were, people had um, like kind of di- like diverse takes with that, but I don't know, like she had genuine problems, you know, and then and they just destroyed, they, you know the contestants the fellow kirk fellow contestants just destroyed her do you remember that Yeah, because i remember because she passed out during the rose ceremony even after getting a rose and then they they just were saying like she was just trying to get his attention and like that was so awkward where it's like you have to is like i don't know in that environment it sucks that people do have to assume that others are not like acting genuinely and like i hate that i hate that so much because it feels like you know you're there to find love so you should be acting genuinely but there are people that just were not acting in in matt's best interest as well just kind of a bummer 
some but you can't really tell until afterward you know afterwards that's true you know? um like with dale like you had no idea until after the show and then all of a sudden you broke up with claire like what like three months two or three months into it and that was that um uh but yeah do you have anything else you want to add about the show i mean we, we covered quite a bit of it i thought we did a pretty good job i think we've done a pretty good job yeah i i i will say talking about sarah she was one of the better candidates in my humble opinion for the whole thing the fainting thing was yeah. whatever but i feel like she she is kind of like the perfect foil to to matt like with her family issues and like being like the perfect like I like my family is very present in my life and I care about my family and I'm taking care of my dad. Whereas Matt like had his own issues with his dad that ended up addressing um, later on. I thought it was interesting and I wish the best for Sarah. I thought she was cool. I also want to address that thing where Matt talked to his dad. You didn't have to do that. (laughs) You really didn't like, I understand the meaning behind it because he was trying to talk to his dad about um commitment and like finding out when you're ready to commit and like wrestling demons with commitment because that's why his dad left but like you didn't have to do that on camera you could have just said we brought in his dad you could have had matt talk about it on after the final rose you didn't have to do that on camera that was extremely awkward and it sucks because we talked about like racial issues as well i feel like this plays into a stereotype about young black men and their fathers that like just didn't have a spot in this and i i I just didn't like it i didn't like it (laughs) it felt yeah i have a similar take in that it felt kind of manufactured right it's like oh now we had the dad come in for this like big thing in episode eight you know it felt like it felt too much like the show when at the same time it's too serious of an issue to be you know like an integral part of the show or or like a plot line you know what i mean it felt too serious to be a plot line they gave it about like they gave it a good like 15 minutes too, where it was like, it was very much focused on that for that. And then going on and doing other things. Um, I don't know how, I don't know how you show any of the skydiving at all. If, if Rachel's going to take a face plant like that, I don't know how you like, I don't know how you don't cut around that. If she's legitimately going to take a face plant. That was awkward. There's just so much about this season that I just felt was like, Wow why are we watching this right now? Like, why are we felt dull? Someone just felt really dull. Like the homecomings that you just mentioned, like that all felt very prototypical, very dull, very, you could see the seams that I just did, which just wasn't very entertaining period, you know, and that was a problem for me. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, this wasn't like the best season to get into the bachelor on, but I feel like it's, I feel like (laughs) it like at its peak when it was doing well, like early on in the season, I feel like it kind of sold me where it was like, Oh, this is hilarious. Really good. It's hilarious. Episode one was very strong. Um, Yeah. We had a wild group. We had a wild cast of contestants. Um, We all the way back in episode one if you you recall if you recall all the way back in episode one they spent an extensive amount of time with this one girl in her hotel room who is a dancer in new york they do this every season and they spent extensive time with her and then she got voted off they do this every season there's always one person who they focus on in the first episode and they don't make it and you're all and i'm always trying to guess like who that person is like last season it was like this cowboy guy um it's weird he got into this little controversy on the first night so he was like then he got so he got axed on the first night and we felt bad for him ethan and i felt bad for him for him after that um (laughs) and uh it's every season that's what happens and there's always this one character character who pops out in the first episode and then is like really prominent for four episodes even though you don't know that even though you know that they're not gonna win right oh yeah um so Vic- Victoria, basically. No, the, we had that. two of those this season, actually. So Victoria is Victoria kind of, you know, filled a couple of different roles, and then what? what then I'm forgetting her name. What, what, the blonde girl. What was her name again? Wh- which which one? The young one or like? Not the young, not the really young one, but the one who who brought up the whole um, club stuff with the. Um, oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm forgetting her name. That was weird. I also, is it like a common occurrence where like people come in like a couple episodes in or is that just No, like- this happened, this started happening last season. Last season they brought in like, like four people extra. They brought in four contestants when Tasha showed up 
and that just ticked off the group more um even though it didn't last as long as this season but then they repeated the bit this season which was interesting had no place i i it was so awkward why would you why would you accuse someone of being a sex worker on live television on like on like television why would you do that that was when it started to turn. So when the I was like, started to turn. What? I was like, what are you doing? Especially if you don't know. Especially if you don't know. On live national television, man. Like you could have potentially ruined her life. And oh, like that com- that conversation, yeah, that conversation on the woman tell all was like I was oh, like, I, I skipped the woman tell all. I, the, I, I don't the like woman, the tell alls. I'm was, not a fan. I was interesting to to listen to her. To, like I I made a joking tweet about how I didn't care about the tell all, but like I actually really like the conversation of the woman who was framed to be a sex worker was really interesting because she added in her speech that sex workers work and they should be respected. And I was like, oh wow, we're getting like a little frisky on 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 TV. Yeah. I was like, this is great. I I enjoyed the tell all this year simply because like I wanted everyone to talk about the bullying and Victoria denied being mean to anyone again and like <laughs> that's ridiculous. I thought it was fun. I think that I think the I think the tell all this this season like for watching it like it's something that I probably won't watch in the future, but I watched I, it this season specifically because I wanted to hear from some of these women. I really did. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the tell-alls. They, I don't learn anything. Uh, usually, I don't learn much of anything. Um, it just kind of feels like a waste of my time. Like, I already watched this. And like Especially this season where it was just, like, one uh, week devoted to the tell-all. Because sometimes they'll, like, intercut it with what's going on in the actual show. And I would um, like that a lot better because I was used to do. really – I was last season. I was really hyped for – um fantasy suites i was like i really want to see like i want to get we're progressing we're really getting close to it and then they threw the tell all in the middle i would have loved to have that like stuff happening during that um but i understand how important 10 minutes of bloopers is for you that you need to make it its own episode i guess the bloopers are the bloopers are always good the producers the they good. love the bloopers man they really do and the at the, at the credit scene the end credit yeah. scene at the end of each episode is great it, it's Makes- always good <laughs> I personally, I, I love those. I love the bloopers. I respect it. I respect the choice, but I don't know. I will watch it again. I will watch it again. That is yeah, my, my review. How can you not, how can you not watch that? How could you watch the season and decide like, you know, I'm not going to watch Katie's season when Katie was the best thing about this oh, yeah. very bad season. So. She was, she, she was bright. She was funny. She was interesting. I was heartbroken when Matt just like very clearly didn't take her that seriously and like let her go along as far as she did without taking her very seriously. Yeah, I was surprised that she got that far into the show. Like I every week it was like, oh, well, she's still around here. There was a couple there, there, there was actually more there were more uh I guess characters. Cuz she was characters. the first she was the first impression rose, right? No, no, no. That was um Oh, that uh, was uh I'm forgetting her name now. Ooh. Um I I yeah. She was cool too. <laughs> we don't even talk I, I feel bad because I'm terrible with yeah. names. I'm I'm not good with the name. I'm so I I've actually done pretty well with the names today, d- despite the fact that uh I'm just terrible with names. Annabelle or Abigail. Abigail was Abigail. Yeah, yeah. Abigail. Yeah. Abigail she won the first impression rose and all went downhill from there. And I was actually yeah. I was, and it was kind of sad. Like that was a sad storyline, man. She would be great. She would have been a great bachelorette too. I agree. I think I think she would have as well. I don't know. It just sucks to see. And I feel like Abigail got the same treatment as Katie as well, where they both just like weren't taken that seriously by Matt. Where it's like, you know, you, you keep them around because there's a possibility, but then you just don't give them the chance to like make that Every impression season. for you. Yeah. Bummer. Every season we get to Bummer. like the last six or seven. And then there's always like two of them who have never even had a one-on-one. And, and you just get left don't... off. Yeah. And then they, and then they never get picked. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, they, they, they like Jacenia, like, like Jacenia got to like the final, what, six or whatever. And you just knew Jacenia was not moving on. It was just kind of obvious. Um, every season, there's one of those. There's always one of those who it's like, well, like, how are you still here? You know? And then they just don't, it just never, it never pans out when they finally have that one-on-one and then nothing It happens. just doesn't work. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's just some th- this season, like you said, I, I don't know if it was like outright bad. I think there were good moments of it. And I think it was marred by something outside of Matt's control and like something that is 
it, it's too real for something that doesn't take itself that seriously. It's too, to deal with issues like that is too real for a show that like puts a bunch of women on a in squirrel suits and like makes them run around because it's fall. <laughs> like there's just some yeah. like because I, I guess and now ABC and Disney understand that when you work for representation, there should have been a Black Bachelor way before this, by the way. Just side yeah. note. But like when you work for representation to bring on the first Black Bachelor, that is a pitfall that you have to deal with. And like, that's a pitfall that they dealt with and they learned the hard way. And I find it really interesting um, that the first season, we said this before, but I think this needs to be emphasized. The first season of, of having a Black Bachelor is marred by racism. Like that's crazy to me. And it's, you know, this real world choice to bring, to bring representation, which is a good thing. I'm glad that they finally did that, has now seen the real world ramifications. Yeah. I'm glad we've come around back to this theme of uh, should the reality show, should the reality show be taking on really serious subjects? Like what's its role in those subjects? Um, yeah. Representation race. matters. Yeah. yeah. Representation. I, is absolutely. Absolutely. And they should have done this way earlier. And I, I yeah. totally agree with everything you're saying, but it was cool. I, it was cool that they also had a, a deaf hard of hearing person on as well. I yeah, thought Abigail as well. Great. It was very was interesting to have. Yeah. That was, she was fantastic on the show as well. Um, and I think that, you know, it was great to have a blood like representation matters, like seeing someone of your race, whether it be, uh, in a movie or in a stupid TV show about trying to find love, I, I, it's important to see yourself reflected in these people, even if some of them aren't the best people in the world. You know, you know, it's important to have these people reflected because in a real life, in a real life dating pool, like you're going to find people of many different races that you might be yeah. interested in. So it's it's yeah. interesting that they did that, and it's a good thing that they did that. But it ended up literally like the most poetically ironic thing that could have happened to the show happened to the show where they did something in to try and be anti-racist and then had to deal with the ramifications of racism it's 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 a weird uh it's a weird story arc that they uh you know unfortunately put themselves in right absolutely so. this is this is the fault of the producers and the fault of the casters and the fault of it's just Someone had to, someone had to tell that someone had, to. it was definitely too late by the time that it came out, but it's just such a bummer that like this had to happen. And I feel like it's just so awkward because by the time like this news came out, even though it was pretty early on, Matt and Rachel were probably like living a happy life. They were probably looking at places to live together and like, yeah, they seem genuinely happy. I, I honestly believe that they loved each other. And I honestly, I, you know, some of the stuff said is produced, but Feel, feels produced but I, I, mean, I mean like remember when they had their one-on-one it seemed like there was definitely something there you know absolutely I mean? it feels yeah. like it, it feels like there was like actually like a connection there and a connection then stopped short that should it shouldn't have been a connection to begin with because if matt knew this about rachel exactly. there is absolutely no way he would have given her any sort of chance exactly yeah. and then he yeah, would have ended much. up with michelle and then i would have been happier and then the american public would have been happier because michelle is just yeah. so much better than rachel it's really interesting that like, you know, again, like if you didn't know this controversy, you probably would have been like, oh, Rachel's cool, you know? And, yeah, absolutely. And Matt went that far. Matt would have married her. Like that's how far it went. And it's a really amazing, the, the things that you can, I won't say hide, but um, not realize, right? And then, but like also see that they're, you know, a genuinely good person when in reality they might not actually be, you know what I mean? How far it can go. And it's just, it's, it's kind of like, it's almost like a human, ex there's a part of me that thinks this is almost like a weird, weirdly enough, like a social experiment in a way, in a way, right. For that perspective. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, this was a kind of a disastrous season for the bachelorette. I'm for the bachelor. I'm not going to lie. Um, this is not normal Vaughn. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad you're going to continue watching the show because they did a good job with casting Katie and Michelle as the next two bachelorettes in the next few seasons. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped to watch Katie. I'm hyped to watch Katie. We'll leave. We'll, we'll I want to leave it on that note that yeah. Katie let's go. I'm good to go. I'm excited to watch Katie. I think she's going to be one of the more likable contestants of the show as mm -hmm. uh, like, as, as we mentioned, it seems like people just like, like each contestant less and less as you go on, but Tayshia was up there and did a really good job. So hopefully Katie maintains her incredible likability, by the way, mm -hmm. incredible mm -hmm. likability throughout the mm -hmm. season of the bachelorette.
Yeah, she's got a high bar to climb um, because she set it very high um, this past season. Yeah, uh, and and again, I I think it's a really interesting casting for Bachelorette for the for her being the Bachelorette because you know she just seems more down to earth and more comfortable in her own skin, yet also more caring about others than some of the other contestants. Because all the other contestants, not contestants, but a lot of the other Bachelor slash Bachelorettes, they feel more um cautious about the words that they say they feel more um they, they, they want to be careful about the way they present themselves you know and the end and there's just sort of a measured approach there but there's just sort of like this natural um honesty and ease with katie that makes that makes this that makes me really look look forward to this season you know so she's just more comfortable in her own skin i feel like than even peter was you know and he was just a regular white dude you know, so, um, it, it, yeah, it's, I'm really looking forward to this season. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited too. Let's, let's get it. I say, bring it on bachelorette. When is this happening? When does bachelor, when does paradise usually come out? Um, I don't think there's going to be, there might not be paradise. Because... I know there's, there's no, there's no paradise. I think Katie's season is taking its place, which is why I ask when it's going to like, when it would I come don't know. out. I actually, I don't know, but I don't think they've even announced it yet. I mean, we could look it up right now, but uh, we'll I, I I doubt that they've announced it yet. Um, do you have anything else to add? Even if it's like a do you have like a sports note you want to talk about or anything? Um, oh yeah, I'm really, out a bracket. I I actually haven't filled out a bracket. I for some reason I just didn't find the motivation to do it this year. Normally I watch a lot of Pac-12 basketball, but I just was so it, ASU was so unbearable to watch this year that I didn't <laughs> get to watch even all of the Pac-12 teams. I just didn't want to. Um, and I just didn't feel the motivation. I am, however, excited to see the, the defensive monstrosity lineup that Milwaukee can put out with PJ Tucker and how terrifying mm. that lineup is going to be mm. to have PJ at the four standing in the corner on offense and playing great defense and Giannis on defense as well, formerly Depoy Giannis. And like, I'm excited about that. And also the Phoenix Suns got Tory Craig for money. The Phoenix Suns got a small, a big bodied small forward who defended both Kawhi and LeBron in last year's playoffs for cash considerations. Yeah. People don't really like Tory Craig. Teams don't really like Tory Craig. I feel like I, 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 I don't get it. Sure I, why though. Cause he's, he's the guy of, of the four wings that they have that they play in rotation, which would be, you know, Mikhail Bridges. He's number one, Jay Crowder. He's number two. Cam Johnson, he's number three. Tory Craig or Abdel Nader is number four, and then Tory Craig like might be four or five depending on how well he does defend for the Suns. Um, I don't see. I don't expect to see Abdel Nader in a playoff rotation. I do, however, expect to see Tory Craig in the playoff rotation. Imagine because the Suns love to stagger Book and Chris Paul. Imagine a lineup of Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, Tory Craig, and DeAndre Ayton. That, that defense is amazing. And like you can Booker, especially because he tries on defense, you don't necessarily have to hide him, but you have three guys that are better defenders than him, perimeter defenders than him and Aiden anchoring you in the middle. That's a playoff lineup. I will say this. I will note 40% of all rotation players in the NBA playoffs last year were small forwards and wing players with six, four to like six, eight. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's important to have as many of those, especially in a loaded Western conference as you can. So the Suns are smart. The Bucks are smart. The Rockets stink. They're so bad. <laughs> They're so bad. They're, I mean, considering the situation that Harden and Westbrook put them in, they're in a better spot than I thought they would be. Um, People have they been have, making yeah, the playoffs they, with Harden, though, is the problem. Like, they thought yeah. they would be a playoff team with Harden on that roster. I I'm, love, just, I'm thinking more long-term, but yeah, you're I, right. Long-term, I love the pairing of KPJ and Christian Wood. I think KPJ is a good stats bad team guy, but I think once he has a, a strong point guard presence like John Wall or whoever they end up drafting with their inevitably really good pick, um, <laughs> once they – once they bring in a strong guard presence to put next to KPJ, he'll stop putting up empty stats and he'll start doing more winning things. And I think a trio of like Cade Cunningham, maybe, and KPJ yeah, maybe. Christian and Christian Wood would be really fun to watch. So are you that in on Kevin Porter Jr.? Yes. Despite all the all the crap that he's been through throughout his he's, whole he, career. He's a weirdo and like he's done some weird things, but like nobody wants to be in Cleveland. Nobody wants nobody wants that. 
Nobody wants that. I, I, okay. I think he's in talented terms of, though. He's talented. Yeah, putting, putting someone on a basketball court outside of whatever they've done outside of the comments that they've made outside of anything that they've done. Kevin Porter jr. Will contribute to winning basketball over the course of his career, I think. And that's honestly a high compliment for a volume scoring guard, because a lot of high volume scoring guards, especially on bad teams don't in the long run end up contributing to winning basketball. But, um, you know, and not everyone can get Chris Paul to pair with your high volume scoring guard that didn't contribute to winning basketball before last season. But, you know, only some of us can be so lucky. Yeah. No, I think Devin Booker always contributed to the winning. It's just the team around him was too bad to yeah, actually abysmal. win. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. think KPJ is going to go on to clarify. I don't think KPJ is going to go on a similar arc to Devin Booker. I don't think he's going to be one of the best scorers in the league by the time he's 25, but I think he will be solid and he will be a starter on a playoff team, a good playoff team that's wow. left to be seen. But I think he will start on a playoff team at some point in his career. I don't know. I, I more question whether he can keep his head on straight than, you know, his talent because he's fairly talented. I'm not quite sure what he is, to be honest. I mean, he was out of the league for a minute just for, for a reason. Um, and yeah, he, I mean, it seems like he's kind of found his footing a little bit here in Houston, but I, I guess I'm just more optimistic on Houston's Houston's future because of this whole Christian Wood thing, right? Because he's so good. He's, he's so, so good. good. If you put and... a, a good pick and roll guard, because I know John Wall is a good point guard, but one, he's not healthy. And two, he doesn't operate in the pick and roll as well as a lot of other smarter point guards do. If yeah. you put a smart point guard next to Christian Wood, ooh, I, I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. <laughs> Lonzo Ball is on the trading block. Lonzo Ball does not want to be in New Orleans right now. Obviously, he's trading him to a worse situation is not something that he would want. But if you put an intelligent guard like Lonzo Ball with a high IQ next to Christian Wood, that's 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 good basketball. Hmm. But I think I think Ball's future. I mean, that does sound interesting from a Fitz perspective. But Ball's future is with a contender, like a Absolutely. real contender. Absolutely. Um, I'm not quite sure if that's going to happen. This off this trade deadline maybe this offseason i guess this doesn't sound like he's been a hot trade uh yeah. deadline commodity so deadlines in seven days anything can happen i mean yeah. I mean, we knew tucker tucker was going um i mean there's more guys in the other guys like i think harrison barnes is getting traded oh absolutely um, for i thought harrison so. barnes i thought harrison barnes might be a sun's target before they brought in tory craig obviously they're not on the same level but i thought like they're gonna try and bring in a rotation wing and like maybe cut someone and bring in George Hill if he gets bought out. But mm. like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there's anyone on this roster that you can cut to replace with George Hill now, especially since they filled the open roster spot that Damian Jones uh, occupied before he ended up getting the benefit of the, the doubt with the Lakers. Um, but I don't know. There's Harrison Barnes is going to go somewhere. George Hill is going to get bought out and go somewhere. Andre Drummond is going to get bought out and go to a place that upsets either everyone in the Eastern conference or everyone in the Western conference, <laughs> the Nets or the Lakers, he will go to one of those two teams. If he gets bought out or traded, um, there's a million things that could happen. Uh, and yeah. I, I personally think this NBA season, like, I don't know. And like, I hate to sound biased, but I don't know if one of the two teams we think is going to win the championship is going to win the championship this year. Because you're looking at the, the Nets and the Lakers, I don't know. I mean, I, we talked about this about the yeah. about the Nets, right? We're not we're not as confident as some people, other people yeah. are because I, of the whole defense thing. Yeah, Drummond would help that, I think, as like a defensive a anchor because he's bit. even though he's kind of I hate to say it a little bit past his prime athletically, he's still a better defensive communicator from the center position than Jeff Green would be. <laughs> um, so I, I think he will improve that a little bit. I think communication is an underrated part of defense. And I think Andre Drummond is a decent communicator on defense. Um, and I, I think they are, their defense will improve if they pick him up. But as of right now, I'm not sure. Have we seen Blake Griffin on the court yet? I haven't watched a ton of basketball recently. I don't think we have. Yeah, I've had trouble watching games most recently because of partially because of the college stuff, partially just because of my busy yeah. schedule. Yeah, busy, um, busy, busy. A whole bunch yeah. of reasons. Yeah, very busy, very busy. But like, um, but like, I I don't doubt that the Lakers are still the the front runner to come out of the Western Conference. But yeah, I think there are a couple of teams that might be able to beat them. I think there is like if you get lucky, like the luckiest of all bounces, and it depends on health which obviously they're saving Anthony Davis until he's a thousand percent ready to go back. And I hope to God he doesn't get hurt again because that would suck for everybody involved. Like it depends on health. It depends on, you know, 
I hate to say it, we say it every year, how long LeBron can maintain the energy that he's maintaining right now. And like he's playing a lot of minutes this season. That is true. Yeah. He's playing a lot of defense this season too. So yeah. he hasn't done in the past either. Um, in the past like few seasons when he's made long playoff runs, he didn't play defense in the regular season. Um, but there's just a lot of a lot of question marks, I think. Um, it also depends on I'm at, the environments are going to be very different, like startlingly different by May, in my humble opinion. I think if you're doing, you know, if you're the Suns and you have a series against the Lakers, an empty Staples Center versus like a half full Phoenix Suns arena, those are two entirely different environments. And I think you're going to get the benefit of both of them because you don't get the full wrath of a full Staples Center, but you do get rabid playoff. You do get rabid fans for your team in the playoffs. So it just depends yeah. on, you know, how loosened the restrictions in your area are by May, which is going to be an interesting <laughs> dynamic. I think there's a lot of question marks and a lot of things that could make this season go different than people expect it to. Um, this PJ Tucker move for the Bucks kind of moves them up on my list of, of teams that I think could come out of the Eastern Conference. I think they were third and I think they are now second. Sorry, Philadelphia. Um, but no, I, think, I've, uh, I no, I have Philly first still. Really? Um, we, t- I, uh, we, I thought, I thought we agreed on this, but I, I, I think Philly is my, might be my, still my favorite to make the finals because I just don't trust the Nets defense. And I don't trust this team when I, I don't know what the, how they're going to react when they're down 10 in game four, down two games, to one the series, like, yeah, but the, are, the, are they going to implode? You know, the, like, the playoff experience them. of those three superstars combined though. It's like Kevin Durant's come from behind before as has Kyrie Irving as has James Harden. It's just the meshing of those personalities and the egos and who's going to take the last shot in these big games and these big moments. It's like, like these are the really challenging moments as a unit that really tell, tells a lot about your team. And I'd like I mean, to we give credit though, would, okay. to James Harden. I think James Harden has put a lot of his ego aside and I think he has done an excellent job doing what he does for the Oh, next I agree. Season. He's it's just a lot easier to do that in the regular season though. Than it know? is it's, in the playoffs. I, yeah, that's, the, that's my thing. It's like, I think people are kind of forgetting how much of a different beast the playoffs are in terms of being a pressure cooker situation in terms of being a situation where we have three guys here who think they're the best player on the team when there's only one best player on the team. So I, uh, and combined with the whole defense, like what was the last finals winning team, let alone finals team. That was a really bad defensive team like this, as bad as this team is defensively, I can't find one. So I, I still, I'm still fairly skeptical until I see them, you know, it'd be really challenged in the playoffs, but I mean, I agree with everyone that they're an offensive juggernaut and I, I mean, we should definitely take them seriously as a finals contender, but I, I, I just don't see why it's, I, I don't agree with the vast majority of people who think it's a foregone conclusion that this team's going to make the finals. I don't, I don't see it, you know, and I don't like a lot of these teams in the East either, but if I had to pick one, it's going to be Philadelphia because of how motivated they've been, how good they've been defensively, um, how yeah. good Embiid's been this season. It's going to be, right yeah, be tough for the Nets to, to lock down Embiid at all. There's not a lot of things you can throw at Embiid. There are exactly. some players that do a good job, but the Nets don't have any of those players right now. And I think yeah, that's like, why they're prioritizing Drummond because they need a big body to throw at him. They really do. And, and Drummond's been destroyed by Embiid in the past too. Like there's a history there, if you remember. Um, and I, I, it's, that's even if they get Drummond. So it, it'll be... I don't know. I, I don't know how they're going to stop and beat if they play them in the playoffs. And I mean, I'm not very confident in Milwaukee. I think I'm, I like them a tiny bit more after the PJ Tucker move. I know we kind of disagree with Milwaukee, um, but uh, we don't know if Tucker can be his old self again when he comes, comes in there, even though I think it's a good risk to bring him in, in the first place. Um, but it, yeah, I'm curious to see how this Milwaukee situation ro- like uh, pans out um, with the whole t- with adding Tucker into the mix, because on paper, it's a fit. Um, and on the court, it's a fit, but can he be the same guy he used to be is kind of my question with him. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like his, his play never goes out of style. I love, especially on offense, what he does, he spaces your floor so effectively because he's just a near perfect shooter from the corner. He's the guy of like, you know, laser beam pointed at the earth. If I had like, a, like a swing pass into the corner, who do I want shooting that shot? PJ Tucker is high on that list of like ready to catch a swing pass in the corner, get his feet set, shoot it exactly the same every time, have similar results. Um, he dominates those corners. And like, I might be a little biased. I love PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker got me through some of the roughest eras of Suns basketball before he left. Uh, he was, he was very good. He was, a, he's still a solid defender. I think he's going to have a hard time trying to deal with bigger bodies because the East just has better centers 
in my opinion. I mean, like obviously having to do with Anthony Davis and 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 Jokic and like guys How like that. How much center will they play him? And that's another interesting aspect to this, right? Like, yeah, because I think Giannis is going to have to do with those centers. So, but I think you know, if if you're if Embiid gets Giannis into foul trouble, PJ Tucker is the next guy I would throw on Giannis <laughs> on on Embiid in that roster, which is interesting. Um, but he's going to have to deal with he's going to have to deal with some some more difficult assignments um but i think he'll do a good job there's just something to be said about what pj tucker brings to a team and like he has never won a ring but i will say he does have a strong like contender quality he is a very like yeah. uh, he's a great leader he's a very strong voice and i think he's going to bring something to that 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 lineup that bucks lineup that defense man is going to be really 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 good Giannis at center everyone loves center Giannis. Giannis at center and with PJ Tucker at the four, that's good. That's good defense. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see how the whole NBA season shakes up. Um, I would, I definitely like when I get some more time, hopefully next week, and to sort of dive into those games more. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, that, I mean, that's all I got, Vaughn. Um, if you want to add anything else, um, I, that's that's all I got too. I thank you for having me. I have a fun time every time. This is now my second time on the Koki Chronicles. I will eventually be the number one front runner, um, because I will keep coming on to talk about the Bachelorette. I, I am I am inevitable. <laughs> you am inevitable. You are the Thanos <laughs> of the Bachelor, the Bachelorette, <laughs> the Bachelor of the Bachelor universe. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, Vaughn. Thanks so much for hopping on, man. Of course. Thank you all so much for listening to episode 24 of the Kogi Chronicles podcast. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, and spread the word about the show. Until next time, thanks for listening.